Welcome everyone to podcast number 83. Kwe Kwe, my name is Kermit Whittle and I am one of the co-hosts for this evening's podcast. We'd like to welcome everybody to this podcast, which is being broadcasted on unceded, unsurrendered Algonquin territory. Welcome everyone. Our co-hosts tonight are Patsy Griffin from the Thunderbird Sisters Collective uh, I'd also like to invite uh, Rob Snickers, our other co-host tonight. Rob started up the Off-White Project. We would like to have a conversation a little bit about the making of podcast number 83. We uh, have a few questions that have come up uh, in relationship to collaborating on podcast number 83. What I'm going to do is present them one by one, and then uh, we can respond so the first one that we're looking at is what kind of challenges have we faced because of issues like COVID and distancing, the use of Zoom and recording conversations? You know, what have we learned as individual artists and as artists from different cultures? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw that over to you, Rob, uh, because um, I'm, I'm sure you've got uh, things to share as one of the collaborators. Well, thanks, Carmel. Yeah, well, I'll throw in my perspective, and it's only my perspective. Uh, challenges? Well, uh, distancing and the risks of COVID made face-to-face meetings very infrequent. We only met once in about eight weeks, as, and as a result, communication and scheduling was difficult. Uh, Zoom allowed distant meetings and recordings to occur, but the sound quality and the quality of internet access hampered our efforts at times. I've learned that collaborations are at best challenging amongst artists. We can be very individual in our art practices, but the conditions created by COVID made these challenges even greater. I've learned a lot personally. The personal and intimate nature of our project poses exceptional challenges compared to more routine artistic collaborations. The sensitive nature of the subject themes and the requirements of self-reflection, personal learning, and the sharing of innermost thoughts and feelings requires the cultivation of safe spaces and the development of trust and respect. But I believe that is where the benefits lie in the development of personal relations and experiential knowledge through dialogue. So that's sort of what I thought, Carmel. Thanks, Rob, for sharing that, because I guess, you know, uh, Patsy, did you want to share anything about challenges? Did you find challenges in doing, in trying to work the podcast? The toughest part for me in making this podcast was the personal and intimate nature of the first episode putting myself out there for all to see, for all to judge, and putting my poetry out to the world was a big move for me. My innermost thoughts were something that I thought I'd never share. For the longest time, I thought that I was alone, the only one with these feelings of not fitting in. But from the feedback that we've received, I now know that there are many like me. We share a common bond 
and together we will rise and take our place in the circle. Carm, Rob, and our guests made podcast number 83 a safe space where we all felt comfortable enough to share a lot of ourselves. And I think that is what attracted listeners and led them to listen in to the next episodes despite the technical issues. Yeah, I mean, I I totally uh, support what you're saying, Rob, around what the challenges were. You know, a whole new discovery about um, how to do this and and continue uh, our dialogues with each other uh, have have certainly been challenging because of um, mainly on the technical side of things as well, trying to capture what would be acceptable um, to uh, many of the um, you know to the services that are provided through radio and uh, internet conversations. So. Um, yeah, you know, there was interruptions in, in our and, and challenges in us being able to push through. But we, we were here and we, we've done it. Um, there's a lot more challenges for a lot more uh, varied communities. Uh, we, we have to acknowledge that, being able to do this kind of um, communication because many people don't have access to even the internet uh, or the equipment. So uh, we've been lucky. Uh, that we've had that, um, you know, that possibility to help us uh, bridge, I guess, some of the challenges that we've met. Moving into looking at the uh, the actual call, the TRC call to action number 83, which charges the Canada Council to fund and establish a strategy and to make this a funding priority. Have we given any strategy from the Canada Council to assist our project? Or do you believe that we are creating the strategy that they were called to create? Do you feel that the funding for a project has been sufficient? I mean, these are really important questions. And for anybody who's a listener needs to know that um, the process of breaking down, um, you know, the, the offerings that TRC Call to Action has put out, uh, number 83 in particular, this can be supportive for any groups um, that want to start their own podcast and look at some of these hard questions. So, Rob, do you feel that the funding for our project has been sufficient? Well, uh, no, but I'd, I'd like to discuss the strategy first because funding is part of strategy. Uh, we were given no strategy despite what call number 83 charges the Canada Council to do. We've developed our own strategy based on our own knowledge and life experience, our personal relationships, and the direction of our own past art projects. We had to carve this out of nothing. Uh, the Canada Council CBC Digital Original Grant awarded us $5,000 for our seminal project. Uh, we saw this as an opportunity to begin a long-term project with a mission and a strategy that might help the reconciliation process. Certainly that money would not go far to further that large process 
So far, three of us have worked on and off for 10 weeks on this project. Uh, it seems that we're not doing this for the money. And if we want to achieve even some of the goals, we will need secure funding and support from the Canada Council uh, and CBC. Uh, Patsy, I don't know. I mean, we, we've had uh, numerous conversations about uh, the lack of funds of looking at editing all of the, um, the uh, footage that we've, um, that we've gathered. Um, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the funding, if you felt it was sufficient. Yeah, well, I, I think we could have used more funding, as you said, for editing and the technical side. And um, we've been really lucky, though, with the participants, you know, not demanding a large fee to be a part of this. And I think that might have saved us a little. I mean, I, I totally agree. Like when you consider what institutions and programs that are out there in the art certainly in the non-Indigenous communities, you know, there's more, more care put into the amount of work that has to happen in order for us to create, you know, in this case, a podcast uh, is not sort of uh, a one-off, you know. Uh, I mean, I think what we've learned through our collaboration together is that we want something a little bit more, you know, a lot more, um, and something that's sustainable. And in order to create that, there needs to be funding put in place that certainly uh, supports either extends the funding that comes from Canada Council so that we can uh, grow into a much more um, effective, certainly support our strategy in being able to build a stronger uh, foundations for podcasts that are dealing directly uh, in our case, with number 83, but there's 94 recommendations with the truth and reconciliation, and surely there could be a better, an ongoing communication with, with the populations to be able to talk about these, these very important issues. Well, could I just throw uh, one, a couple of other words in there? Apart from funding, training and support are very important for all of these developments too. Uh, but I don't want to take up too much time. Right. Well, I mean, I think, you know, we certainly talked about in order for us to fulfill our strategy, and, and I'm going to come to that question next, is, is looking at things like equipment. And Patsy brought up editing. You know, uh, it's an expensive event. On, on our podcast, but I mean, you know, if we had to hire uh, an editor uh, to, to help us then, and, and I'm dealing with my limited resources of, of equipment and software, so it, it makes it difficult to get our message across uh, what we're trying to create and develop with this uh, podcast. Um, you know, I know that uh, we are grateful for any of the funds that we get. And again, this is something that um, on some level, personally, I feel like it's, well, you should be grateful for what you get. We, we end up doing a lot of work with very little support uh, financially, and we continue anyways, one way or the other. But uh, ultimately, all uh, other artists are paid for, for their uh, work. Um, if, in particular, they're, they're supported by Carfax as a member um, with their rights as artists. Um, and so, you know, I think part of our strategy, which I'm going to go to now. 
what is our strategy to create collaborative projects that will further the reconciliation process? And I think I've just started off with that conversation. So Rob, I'm going to pass it back to you. Well, thanks, Carmel. Uh, I saw our strategy was to initially produce three episodes and a live Zoom event with panelists, uh, all in the spirit of Call to Action 83. Uh, we hope to produce more episodes than that with more guest interviews, and we've had some great guests join us already. But more importantly, we see that this is bigger than us, so we want to reach out to encourage others to create their own art projects in the spirit of Call to Action number 83. We hope to reach out to Canadian universities, to their art students, and other students and faculty to inspire them to join us and for them to create their own projects reaching out into their own communities. This would be an open source model based on the theme and mission of action number 83. In that way, perhaps the process of reconciliation could be furthered. With success in those key institutions, other arenas could be considered, such as secondary school and elementary school participation and community-based arts projects, such as your experience with, with No Borders here in Ottawa. These locations could involve rich learning for teachers and students, community organizers, and community members. So I think it's just bigger than our little project, is what I'm trying to say. Well, exactly. And, and, uh, and I think if we go back to No Borders Art Festival, uh, ultimately, this became almost a tad bit of a global uh, concept that there are many, many um, um, people who want to be able to create and have uh, this no borders. And, and this podcast is a bit like that. I mean, we have a tendency to focus uh, solely in where we are standing at the moment. However, I believe there's a lot more out there that, um, like you just pointed out, Rob, um, and Patsy, I don't know what your thoughts are. If you want to share something about our strategy, like uh, whether you feel the same uh, strength around, uh, we could move this into different areas. I hope that the organizations and people who create these grants, the applications, are listening and make it easier for these collaborations to happen. One of the questions that came up for the three of us was, do we have our own call to action for our listeners and collaborators? And uh, Rob, you've got uh, some something to say about that. Well, yeah, again, it's only my opinion, but uh, I'd like to uh, call out to all our listeners and collaborators uh, to join the mission of podcast number 83. I'd like other people to create uh, their own arts projects that support the call to action number 83. It can be multidisciplinary, involving music, dance, performance, poetry, writing, visual arts, but do it in the spirit of the call. Let us know what you're doing so we can build a network of learning and sharing. Reach out to your immediate collaborators and then reach out to your communities. If you try this, you'll learn some things about yourself and others 
and you will challenge your artistic theory and practice, and you will have fun with all the hard work. That's what I'd like to say to anybody listening. Yeah, I think that's great, uh, Rob. I mean, I guess my only question would be, which particular audience would you be speaking to with that call to action? Is this the non-Indigenous communities? Because I, I know in the Indigenous communities, there's a lot going on. So is the call to action, do you see this as a call to action to non-Indigenous, you know, artists, performers, dancers, poets? Well, that's a good question, but I guess that's contained in call to action number 83. It demands a collaboration between Indigenous and non-Indigenous artists. And I think that's where the cultural learning and personal connections will be developed. So that's what the spirit is. So the answer is it will be to all groups to create a collaboration between Indigenous and non-Indigenous artists. Right. And so we don't want to leave out in this call to action that this call to action, number 83, was specific to the Canada Council for the Arts in supporting perhaps uh, a great deal uh, of those of us who, uh, non-Indigenous and Indigenous, who are willing to work together collaboratively. Because the process of collaboration is not an easy process for Indigenous and non-Indigenous. Absolutely. And, and what I'd love to see and hear uh, in the future is more about that process rather than the end product. I, I mean, from my perspective as an Indigenous woman, is that I would like to see more, more efforts made of what we talked about earlier in this podcast, which was how can the, the Canada Council for the Arts support non-Indigenous and Indigenous artists being able to understand what it's going to mean to create a collaborative effort that we've worked uh, very hard on. That's, that's what I'd like to put out to listeners, is to understand that collaborating with each other is, you know, perhaps it's more about the process than the end product. And I think in the establishment, the end product becomes the ultimate goal. And in doing that, you're, you're creating, um, at times, barriers because there's a lot you have to be able to overcome in order to be able to collaborate with each other. Indeed. Uh, so, you know, my, my call to action, I guess, is, is related to ultimately um, for the indigenous community. Um, I think it's, it's way more complex uh, because you're looking at other issues beyond, um, you know, just just creating something and then going, okay, this is it. Uh, there's a lot more going on in between and behind the uh, curtain, so to speak, than what most people will reveal about a collaboration. And in some ways, these questions are causing us to reveal our process of collaborating, which ultimately, on a very positive note, uh, has been uh, amazing. Yes. And it's been... Uh, a wonderful process, um, and and I think that we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to grow as we go along, and and what we're simply saying is let's really make this more than, uh, because one of the callouts from Sinclair has been there's been not very much happening, and I think three of us um, have discovered that in fact uh, we want to do something real. 
with podcast number 83 and it to not be a token an act of tokenism that uh, we put this project together and um, and okay so then it's done so in order for us to be able to sustain and to keep growing and to get more listeners we need ultimately uh, the supports that need to be put in place and and that's the call out uh, to the Canada Council for the Arts, I think in 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 this um, in this podcast that we're actually that we we've created, and um, yeah, thanks thanks Patsy uh, and thanks Rob. Could I just for, uh, jump in? Cause yeah, you, you, I totally agree with everything you you said, and it's made more clear in my mind that we have to amplify the call out of call to action number 83 towards the Canada Council. Here we are uh, learning things we've never done before, working together. Uh, I think we're having a great time, but where's the leadership from the Canada Council to give us a strategy and to give us the training and give us the funding and use their networks to help us actually manifest this project? I think we're gonna keep going and see what we can do. So I wanna thank you for your words. And over to you, Patsy. Regarding the call for action, we'd like to call on everyone, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, to join in, to collaborate on projects with your local community, with your global community. In this time of Zoom, there are no borders. The sky's the limit. And if you don't know how to get your project or idea off the ground, reach out. We may be able to help. If you're interested in and would like to collaborate with us on an episode of podcast number 83, you're more than welcome to do so. You're all welcome to the circle. Hey, and uh, thanks, Patsy, for being there. And, uh, and, and we really, really have uh, pulled together uh, what we hope all of our listeners will uh, find insightful and uh, we, we've got some amazing uh, poets coming and music and, um, and a lot of sharing. And, and that's what this is all about, is, uh, uh, is the sharing. And it's through the sharing that uh, we can uh, support our own strategy to keep moving forward and, um, and making sure that people have a voice in all of, um, in all of our actions. So thanks everyone for being on tonight and uh, we will be back and um, we'll send out a post to let everybody know when we're on again um, and we'll see you soon. This podcast was first recorded on September 25th, 2020, and there have been some developments since then. The ideas for this project began at the teepee in Kuyan, Quebec, where Carmel and Patsy originated there on the land and bringing the land to the city projects. And the three of us mused about a podcast there. This podcast project formally began on July 19th, 2020, 
and we continue off and on with this ongoing project for a total of more than 18 weeks and counting. Where it goes, who knows? We hope that any of our comments regarding the TRC call to action and the Canada Council are treated as constructive criticisms to further advance positive goals. This podcast project is part of a larger collaboration of arts projects and is closely tied with the No Borders Arts Festival in Ottawa, founded by Carmel Whittle and Patsy Griffin. Part of the mission of podcast number 83 was to inspire new arts collaborations with a wider base of participation and sharing. We are pleased to announce some exciting developments in that regard. Individuals and groups have expressed their support and interest in participating from provinces across Canada to places as far away as Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, Europe, the UK, the United States, and other countries. In particular, here are some collaborations that have already emerged. Chiara Ministrelli, professor at the London College of Communication, reached out to us and has organized a webinar that includes our two Indigenous hosts. It is titled, Decolonization and the Arts, Challenges and Possibilities, and is an online webinar including Carmel Whittle and Patsy Griffin and other international artists, Natalia Monabazzi, Tanaya Winder, and Lila June. This webinar will go live on November 27th. In Ottawa, Ria Link's Salon in the Cloud Number 2, an online art salon discussion on December 16th on collaboration in interdisciplinary art projects between Black, Indigenous, people of color, and white people. It is coordinated by Petra Halkus, facilitated by Don Dale, featuring Carmel Whittle, Patsy Griffin, and Rob Snicker. The guests will discuss their collaboration process and relationships for podcast number 83, the No Borders Arts Festival, and other projects, including the mission to build a wide network of collaborations. This is another concrete example of a project collaboration between Indigenous and non-Indigenous artists. Other messages of support and collaboration have come into us. Here are a couple of them. Brianna Palmer, professor at McMaster University, writes, Podcast 83 was fantastic. I team teach an upper level studio art course which we assigned Podcast 83 as part of the students' group discussion on racism. All the students enjoyed the podcasts and artists, which opened up such great conversations during class. Some of the students had said they continue to listen to the second episode, so they will be happy to know Episode 3 is out. Looking forward to listening. And Yvonne Poitas Pratt. Director of Indigenous Education at the Workland School of Education, the University of Calgary writes, I am so happy that you found the article of use, and I would be interested in supporting your work as I am sure my colleagues and students would be. Please feel free to stay in touch, and we welcome a future collaboration. 
Many others have expressed interest in developing collaborations and local projects. Finally, I want to put on record a personal thank you to Carmel and Patsy. I do this without their permission because their humility and grace would not allow me to do this if I asked them. Their warm and open natures allowed me into this collaboration and they with their close friends and guests have shared teachings and feelings with me. They have taught me a lot. I thank them and all the wonderful guests who have contributed. Let us move forward together. This brings us to the end of podcast number 83 for this week. We have a few people to thank. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Patsy Griffin and Rob Snicker. We want to thank the Canada Council for the Arts in um, First Digital um, Original and CBC Radio. (laughs) 